0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Stills of Life Season 2 podcast. The past year definitely felt like two years and uh, I definitely forgot how it felt to talk to interesting people behind their book covers and how much fun it was. But for this one in particular, just to provide some context, I sat down with Pastor Daniel Potter Kim last November. Since then he's been working for a new church and married his girl. I asked him to do this because, well, he's had an intriguing, eventful life. Brotherly competition, turning his parents around, the challenges of being a pastor, how he got his calling, feeling like an outsider, and his hilarious first date with his then girlfriend, now wife. So let's go. You ever feel lost, uninspired, alone, or defeated? Well, I'm inviting you to some fellow dreamers for some insight. I believe dreams matter, and you have one, or two, or 10, I don't know. To tackle challenges with love instead of fear is the first step. So let's experience this together as we dive into the stills of life. Are you ready? Go with the flow. Hey Daniel, what's up man? Nothing much. Uh, Yeah. It's pretty hot in here. It is. It's really warm. I can see sweat behind your skin.
1: It's it's starting to, yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm going to start off with a really difficult question just to like throw you off big time okay let's do it when did your life change
1: for me it's it 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 would have to be my conversion uh there's nothing else that i can think of that has drastically changed my life so much when was this i was 12 years old at a retreat obviously and the new pastor that had come started uh telling us about he was kind of like a hellfire and brimstone kind of (laughs) guy So I think he was basically trying to scare us into heaven.
0: Scare you into heaven. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you talk about hell a lot. Uh, Great. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's what we would want to do with children because that's not, you can't really say that that's genuine conversion. uh, He he sounds like a party. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But uh, it was the first time I I wanted to take my faith seriously. uh, And I actually started to try to to see what I believe in, um, understand what I believe in. And I didn't have another moment like that until uh, college.
0: Okay. Yeah. We're going to get to that. Okay. Now, I heard you, before you became a pastor, uh-huh. wanted to be a firefighter.
1: he Ye- I mean, it's it's an if it's a thought that I entertained, but I never really thought I could do it. I was terrified of heights. Uh, I, I thought it, I thought it was a cool job, you know. No one no one hates a firefighter. Everyone hates the cops, but everyone loves you know firefighting because fire is like oh they do you know the women yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and they looked really cool doing it you know doing what like climbing up ladders and oh, like zipping stuff. down yeah. yeah. Okay, I thought
0: you were talking about something else. Oh, oh okay. okay. Oh,
1: yeah. No, yeah. M- yeah, no. Yeah.
0: Okay, we're gonna we're gonna pretend that didn't happen. Okay. Um, where did that idea come from, though?
1: The firefighter? Yeah. Um, what did you see? Why would you willingly walk into danger? It was. It was more about. It was more about just how. I guess glorious they were and how cool they looked. Oh yeah. That's what really attracted me You could just say girls. Yeah. (laughs) You did it for the girls, right? You wanted to. I mean, I was, I was like seven at the time. I wasn't really like, yeah. So that was like what, 10 years
0: ago? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You could still be a
0: firefighter part time.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and what? And, and run, run a church.
0: (laughs) I mean, you might be on the cover of 60 Minutes. <laughs> That'd be really interesting, right? Yeah. Um, when did that dream die?
1: It. It just, uh, I guess, it didn't really seem all that appealing to me anymore. Why? It, I just, I, I guess, I, I noticed the physical limitations that I had, <laughs> that I wasn't this big, brawny dude that could. You know chop through raging fire or chop through like wood and raging fires and all this stuff rescue cats yeah yeah, yeah. Tr- rescue cats
0: climb trees exactly uh, yeah turn off a car alarm uh-huh mm-hmm. okay well that's stuff you can do yeah you-, you could be an amateur firefighter i'm sure they accept those oh yeah okay but i still think a part-time firefighter and full-time
1: pastor would be kind of cool hmm. very sexy <laughs> now you grew up in san francisco i did It was such a pivotal moment in my life. Uh, A lot of it has to do with my interactions with my faith. It was almost like I needed to survive in the climate by saying, oh, I'm a Christian, but I'm not that kind of Christian. Or in some sense, I'm a Christian, but I'm not that Christian. As if being more tied to my faith made me crazy. Hmm. Yeah, and a lot of times my classes and my classmates kind of taught this idea that faith is irrational and it's uh, unintelligent, it's it's dumb.
0: That's why they call it faith. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would disagree, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I... So in, in some sense, I was constantly... Being called into question on what I believe.
0: Did you feel like an outsider then?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, very much so. Do you still feel that way? I th- when I go up there, yeah, I would say so. Mm. Um, and that I mean that's that's not like. It's not terrible. I I, I had my community, uh, my my church community around me when I was up there, but. Yeah. Uh, when I when I was going to school, it did feel a little bit uh, isolated
0: yeah that feeling never really goes away I mean I get that too mm. yeah, especially when you fall in love with art like I did stupidly um, you, you love that more than um, you know uh, cherishing friendships but mm. that's okay I mean new friends come and go and blah 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 we all, we've all been there right mm-hmm. uh, where did you go to college
1: I went to UCR riverside yeah
0: what a fun city
1: yeah uh (laughs) (laughs) what did you do there for fun a lot of there are a lot of cults a lot of parties a lot (laughs) i gotta check this out it's just crazy like there's nothing to do out there so everyone just kind of finds something to either believe in or find something to tries to do something anything just then just like sitting in the desert it's Yeah, it's a really interesting place to be fantastic
0: (laughs) Uh, Just to go back a little bit when your life uh, pretty much changed um, at 12 Mm -hmm. Now most 12 year old boys have a very short attention span and they just want to have fun. They don't give a crap about school. Yeah, but How are you so self-conscious and? Taking your faith so seriously at such a young age
1: man at 12 that's when it that's when it actually kind of it really started to click for me i think i was pretty much the same i played a lot of games oh my gosh i played a lot of games and i kind of divided my life into two spheres i was living double i would show up at church mm-hmm. and i would think this is this is what i need to do in church this is how i need to exist within church mm-hmm. i need to sing these songs i need to sit quiet and, and listen to these sermons. And then I would go to school and I would have to take on this whole different set of values, uh, to, to blend in. And that's what, I, cause I wanted to, I wanted to fit in. So I, I don't think I was, I would say that I had it all figured out. I, I wasn't living one life the same. I was living two lives and trying to take both of them very seriously.
0: Were you also aware of that leading a double life?
1: I don't think I was aware of that until high school. Yeah, high school, okay. Great,
0: great. Um, So you had another uh, pivotal moment in college, right? Mm -hmm. When it
1: came to your faith, what was that? My freshman year in college, when I was going into college, (laughs) the only understanding I had of college were the movies I was growing up in. So I, you know, like American Pie and like, I don't know, Euro trip stuff. Like it was just like it was like, "Oh my gosh, this is what college is like. Everyone oh, yeah, sure. yeah, everyone goes crazy and like yeah. sleeps with each other and it, and so that's yeah. what I thought was going to happen when I was going into college." And you did all of that? Yes. And no, I did none of that actually. Okay. I I went in with the expectation to um again, so living that that double life. I I thought, "You know what? I I've been good my high school years." God owes me this. I deserve to indulge a little. And so I went in with that mindset uh, and before before I could I guess even begin, uh, I ran into these three random Koreans in the piano room at one of the dormitories and they were playing songs that I recognized. I was like, oh, okay, what's what's going on here? I, I go inside. My friend... My, was it, what songs were that? Like David Crowder, uh, both worship songs. I don't know. No. <laughs> no, no. Coolio? No, 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 no. I think you'd have some trouble uh, playing that on just an acoustic guitar. But um, yeah, they were they were playing these worship songs, and so I, my friend, told me that when he met me that day, I just opened the door. They were playing the songs. I opened the door. I, I walked in. I sat down, and I just started singing with them. Not saying anything. They they. I just joined in the chorus because I knew the song, too. That doesn't and sound it, gay at yeah. all. <laughs> and they said it was the weirdest. They thought, they thought it was the weirdest dude they ever met. Yeah. If someone yeah. came
0: in my piano room yeah. and started
1: singing next to me, I'd be like, yeah. I'm running out of there. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then you've been doing that every day since, right?
1: Oh, you know, just walking in a random piano room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Occasionally.
0: That's, that's a yeah. big passion of yours. Yeah okay uh what did you major in at ucr
1: i started with business of course yeah because i didn't know what i was it was basically it was basically undeclared but like Mm, you know my parents were just saying i should just do business because you can do anything with that and i hated it so much (laughs) i also was terrible at i mean you don't do a lot of math in business but i'm so bad at it that i i had to retake any math course twice what yeah 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 yeah. Even you, though I showed up to every single class, I took notes for everything. My friends would copy my notes uh, and they wouldn't show up to class. And they oh, would pass dear. and I would fail. I, I just didn't know what to do. It just didn't make sense to me. You are truly and not an astronaut. I'm not. <laughs> oh my. I'm not. You're a full-blown no. Asian. I don't get it. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, eventually, my sophomore year, that wasn't working out. So I just thought, you know what? I I hate business. Yeah. I I don't see a future in it. I'm going to do psychology. And then I find out I'm like way behind on the prereqs. So I say, "You know what? Uh I'm going to be English. That that's ha- that has prereqs. I hate it less than business."
0: English. Yeah. That was your major. Yeah. And what did you do with that major, Daniel? I Can I call well, you Daniel or do I have to call you pastor?
1: No, you can call me Daniel. Yeah. Okay. How about, Nobody uh, at my church calls DD? me pastor call anyway. You DD? D- N- uh I don't know anyone who calls me DD. Can I call you DK? Uh <laughs> I haven't been called that since I was All 12.
0: Right. Anyway, English, huh? Yeah. And <laughs> that's a handy major to have. How have you put it to good use?
1: I I write a lot. Uh Oh yeah, like yeah. what? I have sermons I I write I I have to write out the sermon the whole manuscript uh before I go up to preach it. I I don't trust myself to just have the notes in front of me and know what to talk about. Um, I feel like Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little airheaded and I everyone knows I have a terrible memory, so I don't trust myself enough to do that.
0: But you know my name, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Billy.
0: You probably won't after I leave this room.
1: (laughs) That's happened before.
0: Oh no. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you don't have brain damage.
1: No. It's just I I don't know I I just have the hardest time remembering people's names. That looks really bad. That that starts to look really bad when you you know are talking with newcomers and you say, "Hey." Well,
0: what? here's what I do. I just uh, as soon as you greet them, uh-huh. you, you say it out loud. Oh yeah yeah. At least twice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I I I've heard of strategies like that. I've tried them. It doesn't it's, work. I just yeah I'm. Yeah. Oh,
0: interesting. Do you ever just carry a sharpie and just write it on their forehead after? I agree. After they introduce yeah. themselves,
1: like like Diversity Day in the
0: office, you're like, so you are, David. Yes, and he's looking up at his forehead. Uh huh. What is this guy doing today? Why don't you try it on Sunday? That I. What? Yeah, because I'm sure that will make people feel welcome. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, so you grew up as an outsider. How were you with? Um, what was your relationship like with your parents growing up?
1: Ooh. Uh, they they were out working a lot. A lot. Uh, I think my brothers would usually be home. If my brothers weren't home, I, I'd be home alone. I know, I remember in my beginning years, beginning years, when I was younger, I would always have a housekeeper around. Uh, that uh, Not a housekeeper, she's more like a nana. And they okay. would they would always have. I remember having two nanas growing up. And they would always have different ways of creating foods that I liked. Wow, you got yeah. a nana to cook. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. Was this middle
0: class, high class lit lifestyle?
1: I, I think it was middle class. I think we were doing all right.
0: You're being humble,
1: so it was high class. <laughs> No, I, I think it was it's, I think it was middle class. We, we I mean we lived above in, in an apartment above my dad's work. Oh. Uh yeah.
0: So he was right there.
1: He was right there, yeah. And I yeah. mean, well, we moved around we we pro- when I was young, we probably moved around like four or five times in total. Is that a lot? It was
0: law for one city
1: yeah it seemed it, it, we moved, it was all within uh, before I was 10 wow and then once I was 10 we didn't move again
0: why'd you guys move so much
1: I have no idea uh my <laughs> we, we started we started with a house actually we started on a house near the beach I guess we were doing pretty well and then and then we had to move into the apartment above my parents work That's oh funny. but before that we moved into park merced by a a local mall it was like a town it was a bunch of townhouses okay and then after that we finally landed at the house that we have now and we've been living there since
0: and how is your relationship with them now
1: it's a lot better than what it was uh before i you know i i'm trying to remember if it was that we didn't get along or they were different people or if I was finally able to appreciate what they did for me and how they, how they treated me.
0: How did they treat you?
1: It was very clear that I was the third child and the spoiled child. I have two older brothers and they're both seven and nine years older than me. And so the when, baby. yeah, I was the, I was the baby. And when I came along, my mom had me when she was 35. Wow. I came along and there, there are a number of things that happened. My Not only was I the last kid, and it was, you know, the last kid my mom could ever have. There was also the fact that our businesses started doing better. And so I started getting all these awesome toys and things that my brothers never got growing up. And we started living in nicer places. So...
0: What kind of toys?
1: Like, like... Super uh, Soakers. Super. I, that's exactly what I got. Two Super Soakers. Yeah. I got like Batman toys and Simbas and. Simba. And yeah, yeah. All this stuff. Whatever I wanted.
0: I'm only brave when uh, I have to be.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And you, and you still play with those? I have no idea where they are. <laughs> I lost them all.
0: Uh, I hope some, you know, pr- pr- underprivileged kid has them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Uh, at first, I thought they were kind of like distant, but it sounds like they were good to you.
1: Yeah, I, they were, they worked a lot. They worked hard. They worked. I mean, they had to. They were good know.
0: to you, but were they weren't as present as you wanted them to be.
1: Yeah, in my younger years. okay. But they treated me really well. But because they because, you know, I have two older brothers on top of all that showering of love. My brothers made it painfully clear that they didn't like. I was the favorite.
0: You're the favorite to both your parents. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You truly are Simba.
1: <laughs> so there would be times where they would, uh, they'd give me presents and I would tell my mom to take it back because I'm so scared of my brothers finding out.
0: Wow. Yeah. Is that tension still going on? No, no. Okay. Uh, Your brothers are fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, yeah. everything started to it, well. Things started to change after my brother got married, and then things really changed after he had his first kid. And like now more are more
0: positive or negative? Positive. Okay. Yeah.
1: It was it was pretty negative before. We we fought all the time. Uh, I always I always struggled to there'd be times where I remember leaving his home and I just thought, why do I deal with this? I, I never want to come back here again. And, but I, you know, I, I, I needed, I knew that family was important and it's something that you can never walk away from. So I just kept coming back, even though it drove me nuts. And then he just, he just started to change. He started to listen more to what I had to say and, Uh, instead of telling me what to do all the time, he, uh, yeah, he just tried to help me out where he could, but it was difficult. I could see him making the effort. He, he had to, we had a lot of awkward first phone calls. He would never call me before. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, he just calls me and it it literally was, hey Daniel, what's, what's going on? And i Say not, nothing much. What, what's going? What, what's happening? Why what, what, what are you calling? Something's nothing. Wrong. I just just want to talk. Like it, it would sound like that. It just felt so. I just want to talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to what's, you. What's going on? I need some money, Daniel. <laughs>
0: I uh, lost my bike. And, no, no, uh, no.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, what about your other brother? Is he married as well? And
1: no, he's seeing someone. Um, but no, not married. He's okay. in the navy, so we we hardly see him.
0: How how are you with him?
1: Even that was I mean, we, as we've gotten older, we, we're I, I don't talk with him much still. But we mm. we didn't really get along when I was younger. But it's 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 cordial uh, now. But if you want to get a feel for how we felt as brothers, there when he was going off to college, he was about to leave in the car with my mom. He runs back into the house. He looks at me and says, sorry, Daniel, or not sorry, but he says, I forgot something. He runs upstairs, grabs his jacket, comes down. My mom's in the car. He goes, Daniel, mom says we should hug. But uh, and then he he puts his hand out and he goes, just tell her we did. And we shook hands. (laughs) Would you call that a win? off to college. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I mean, it's 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 hilarious thinking back uh but yeah i just didn't know what to do with it our, our family has trouble with physical affection um, as most asian families do i think yeah uh,
0: i guess mm-hmm. i don't know about that i'm pretty affectionate okay yeah to myself <laughs> because nobody's around anymore oh gosh so don't care
1: anyway do enough we... <laughs> about me what well... <laughs> <laughs> do we need, do we need to turn this interview around? Do we need to talk no, about no, you? No, no, no. We're here to. This is all about you.
0: So. <laughs> um, okay. Are you? I mean, I don't want to call that. That's that's not trauma, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's still kind of like you. You must probably think about it here and there.
1: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, I wouldn't say it affects me negatively. I, I still see it as a. It's kind of a funny story now. I, I think yeah. it's because we've come so far.
0: And before they started to change, did you get nervous about having older guy friends?
1: Because I would see my brothers in in the older guy friends? Is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, because uh, your older brothers were just not so kind. Like, if you had Mm. older guy friends or a mentor, Mm. did that
1: ever make you nervous? Or Mm. guarded, perhaps? No, I don't think it affected... I don't know if I could say it affected my relationship that way. Yeah, I'd say it was more so. More so, what I learned, what I got from that was I was very overly self-critical of myself, and I had a very low view of myself.
0: So that was your insecurity. Yeah. You Started off with that. Yeah. Broken brotherhood.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. because my my brothers would constantly kind of criticize me for things that they. That they either they didn't like or they they saw it as like oh this is this is something that's you' you know you're spoiled in you need to learn this and I, and I'm thankful you know I, I do think there are a lot of things that they taught me um, how to be courteous, how to be generous but at the same time that came at the cost of um, me always feeling like I'm doing something wrong. Hmm. yeah well, they're gone now, so... <laughs> I mean, I still see them, like... Oh, you do? Every year. Yeah, I see them all the time. Every year? What does that mean? Once a year? You, during the holidays. I try, to, I try to make it out.
0: Yeah. Okay, fine. Whatever. Um, they sound dead to me.
1: <laughs> no, they're... No, we, 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 things are great now. I don't... Want, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want people on this podcast to think... My, my. they don't know who I am, oh, <laughs> so... No one cares. Oh, oh, my gosh. Okay. Um.
0: All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? I mean, what are some of the fears that you have that most people won't know about? Mm. It could be anything. I mean, it doesn't have to be relational, it doesn't have to be um, mental, physical. It could be anything.
1: Fears. That, uh, I think there are a number of people that do know my fears. I don't. Uh. Uh, what I'm I mean by that, you, no, no, What I mean is like, I'm I'm relatively open about. Uh, I have I have a strong fear of failure. Yeah. And so, when I th- when I'm unsure of something, it takes me a really long time to take that risk. To a point where it's paralyzing. So I'd rather stay safe and not do anything than to make a move and risk, either looking stupid or making a mistake.
0: Where do you think that comes from?
1: I think something similar. Um, what we what we talked about, just like how. I grew I don't up. remember. I wasn't listening. When I was having a, when I was, I always had a close eye on me, having older brothers or uh, authority figures tell me what to do. Yeah.
0: You have that need to please them.
1: To yeah. Honor them in a way. Um. I don't think it was that, uh, I think it's a little bit more selfish. I I, I want to be, it, it's it's, less about them and more about me needing to be in. good and right. And yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, to be part of something.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So that all started in childhood too.
1: Yeah, I would say it, it, it stems from there.
0: Do you feel that um, desire to fit in, like today?
1: Oh yeah. And that that's difficult because I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be someone that is more concerned about the truth than concerned about people liking me. You sound very uptight to me, Daniel. <laughs> I, I don't think I am. Most people that know me. He's scratching I his say. head, everyone. Oh, is that going to get picked up on the mic? Is that what that noise is? is no, it? I just want people uh, to get like a vision of uh, what, 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 what we're doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sitting side by side on this bench-like scenario. Yeah, in a, in a
1: cry room. Um, Isn't I supposed to say that? No, I don't care. Oh, okay. it's
0: just, this is your place. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm only half-dressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so you don't take a lot of risks?
1: No, I don't. I, I, it's really hard for me to, to mm. yeah you know, to do something that I'm not used to.
0: Yeah. That, has that ever gotten better, or has it still been like you've been rock solid about not
1: taking risks? It's it it come it comes and goes because mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's not like I'm constantly taking risks. It's more like. I take a risk. I would hope not. And it's not constant. Yeah. Um, but I take a risk. And then I, you know, whatever fruit comes of that or whatever productivity happens, whatnot, out of that Death. extends on. And I get comfortable with it. I get used to it. Uh-huh. And then at that point, it just, yeah. And then I stop. Or like, yeah, it's just risks in periods.
0: Um, okay, well, risks usually—I mean, most of most of it involves your greatest fears, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, i am scared of the planet. Like, the I'm planet. scared. I'm ah. scared to travel. I'm scared to like, you know, visit another country and mm. stuff like that. Um, heights, speed, altitude, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but when I was going through a really, like, tough breakup, uh, about three years ago now, mm-hmm. and, I just woke up one day. I don't know where this motivation came from, but I was like, I'm going to go to Iceland, I think. Well, and it wasn't Vegas. It wasn't Hawaii. I was like, I'm going to purposely go somewhere far away uh where it's freaking cold. Yeah. uh, Near the North pole because I don't know. And it turned out to be the greatest time of my life. Yeah. And um, that was an awfully big risk to me. Uh huh. I, most people are probably just snickering right now but uh, it was a big risk to me because it, um, it killed a lot of my fears uh-huh. because you just have to make a decision right mm-hmm. and I still don't know where that courage came from maybe it was God maybe someone hit me in the head while I was sleeping mm. or someone farted in my face I don't know but I just know that I I like to play it safe too, Mm. but I'm learning very recently actually to take more risks because funny enough, I heard a sermon recently about that. Mm -hmm. Do you want to, do you want to look back and have regrets Mm. or not? Mm. So if you do play it safe, like you're in some kind of invisible, you know, cube. Yeah. I mean, you could be missing out on something extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Um, that doesn't mean you should go swimming with sharks, uh-huh. but you get the picture. Yeah. So, what are some kinds of things that, what won't you do that you know that you might have a curiosity about doing? Oh, man. Is it like riding a motorcycle? Is it, uh, don't do that, by the way. Uh, is it? A, I don't know. It's so many things.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of things. I'd say, man, it's really hard for me to imagine doing something other than what I'm doing right now. I, but I, but I, but I always feel like that. I'll get comfortable... So, like, right now I'll be pastoring at a church and uh, doing worship and preaching sermons every once in a while. Leading a mission team, things like that.
0: Mm.
1: And I get good at those things because I keep doing it for so long. I've been doing it for six years, uh, just about.
0: That's incredible.
1: And, yeah, it. it I'm... I'm I guess whenever I do something, I, I want to keep going until I'm good at it because I want to do a good job. But then there's all these other areas again that I would need to grow in if I if I ended up being somewhere else doing something else. I don't know, and that's terrifying to me mm. uh, because then I suck again.
0: <laughs> but this you're you're a pastor now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is your true love. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. When did you get that calling where it's like you're 110 percent locked in?
1: I first yeah, there's there's all these different stages. I first had the thought when I was a senior in high school, but it wasn't for a good reason. You know, I just thought, oh, my gosh, I'm 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 such an amazing Christian. I should probably be a pastor or something. And and I literally thought that I literally I think I said that out loud. Like I, I couldn't hear myself or yeah, something. That doesn't sound That's, cocky at yeah, all. It was, oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, and then I told my I told my parents about it. They said, "Look, I w- we would rather have you be a starving artist, or a a starving yeah a starving musician than for you to ever consider pastoral ministry." Oh, my God. my parents aren't, uh, or my parents were not believers. Yeah,
0: they are now.
1: Uh, they're they're going to church, um, but. It's it's hard to it's hard to know whether or not they have that personal relationship. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Okay, Um, so they forbid it. And did that tempt you to quit?
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's so like I said, I I immediately went into college with business. I was like, whoa, okay, that's that's really bad. You must really know. Yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. (laughs) Okay, then I'll make money. Um, So (laughs) that's what I went into. My uh, my. Sophomore year, I started to think about it some more. My junior year, someone, uh, Tim, actually, my, my boss right now, approached me and said, hey, I think you should consider pastoral ministry. And immediately I was like, no, my parents would kill me. And then after he talked to me, another pastor talked to me from the college ministry and said, hey, have you considered pastoral ministry? I was like, whoa, uh, no, I, my parents would kill me. And then I went to NorCal, where uh, at, and went to my, the church that I grew up in, and then the pastor said, "Hey, have you considered pastoral ministry?" And that blew my mind because th- those guys don't even talk to each other. I was, I was th- at that point, I was like, "Okay, I think I need to consider that something is happening here."
0: Well, how did that same question come up? If I, I don't, how did that come up? I mean, was it because you guys had a conversation and they just sensed it? Uh
1: I don't know. Uh, well, the the for Tim, my my boss, the the first conversation happened at. Uh, I think we're coming back from a picnic, and in the car he just he just do. brought it up.
0: Just the two of you at a picnic? Oh
1: no, no, no! no. It's a church picnic. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It was a church. <laughs> oh. it would have been a better story if it was just the two of you. <laughs> but yeah, church picnic. We're driving back, and uh, yeah, he just has that conversation with me. Um, my college pastor sat me down at one point uh, cause he was kind of mentoring me at the time okay. and had that conversation with me. And, uh, the one in NorCal that came up cause they just wanted to see how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even mention that I had those conversations with the other two pastors down there, but he said that to me. Um, yeah.
0: Did, did that set in stone then from that point
1: on? From that point on, well, th- from that point on, I, I thought, because each of them said, well, you should pray about it. Uh-huh. And in my head, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. But, <laughs> but Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but after after the third time, I thought, oh, okay, maybe maybe there's something going on here. I should really take this seriously. And were so I you, actually prayed
0: about were it. Were you relieved and excited or did you feel reluctant? I was like, terrified.
1: Because yeah. um, I'm going to go against my parents, you know, uh, essentially. Yeah, screw them. <laughs> Oh gosh, um, but uh, your parents still
0: like you, right? Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: That that's another story. Uh, but yeah.
0: Well, how do they feel now?
1: Uh, well, yeah, we're we're it's it's great. Um, I love them. Uh, I sh- I need to call them more often. Actually, do they're you they Korea your right pastor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that even there, that was uh, um when I was graduating college. As soon as I walked down the not aisle, what is that? Like the what's that thing? Grass. You know, the yeah. Whatever. Off stage. Sure. As soon as I walked off the stage with my diploma, they were ready to kidnap me. <laughs> they were gonna go back they were gonna grab me, throw me in the car. Not, not, you, you know, they they're gonna throw me in the car. They were gonna go back to my house, gather up all my things, and they're gonna drive me straight up back up to NorCal. Oh. Okay. That was their plan. And then my brother talked them out of it. Yeah. He, he he just said, this is his life and you you need to let him live it or he's going to resent you. This is something my brother told me afterward. I had no idea that that was what was going on. Oh. Yeah. So I guess you could say, yeah, they silently obliged and were okay with it. They just accepted that it was going to happen.
0: But you sense some kind of quiet tension.
1: No. No? I'm not good at that. I've gotten better. But yeah, there's, there's this thing in korean called nunchi it means you like see things yeah you can pick up on things yes you 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 kind of like uh, you can read the room really well you know and well
0: you have to be a woman to do that yeah (laughs) i get it
1: but i was i was terrible like to the point where people thought something was wrong with me yeah so yeah, I, I I didn't see it at all. I was just like, oh, they're happy I graduated. We we went to some, uh, cheap, cheap uh, In-N-N-Out. tofu, oh. tofu restaurant. BCD tofu. Yeah, they had that kind of deal. That's not bad. Yeah. Well, it, it was supposed to be a nice place, but I got the restaurant name wrong. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, when did
0: when did you know later on in your life that they fully accepted that they're going to be happy that you're a pastor?
1: I think it was after they saw me preach. Oh, yeah.
0: They're like, "Oh, so Moshe saw."
1: Yeah, I think they started to be more okay when they after they came to the church and they um they heard me speak, they they um kind of saw the service and everything happening in it. I think that's when they kind of were like, okay, Here? it seems like Yeah, not actually yeah, in this building. Yeah.
0: How did you get them to come out?
1: They offered one day they
0: offered. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. One day
1: they were just like, "Hey, let's. Uh, you're gonna speak today. Let let us hear you." Like, did when,
0: you pray for that to happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been praying for my parents' salvation since like. Twelve. Yeah, twelve. <laughs> yeah, literally since twelve. Wow. Yeah,
0: that's very loving.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, even that there were there are a bunch of questions that I had to struggle with, um, okay. because. You know, I'm, I'm going, coming from 12 till now, and yeah. there were a period of like 12, 12, 14 years where I was just, I kept praying, and I was just like, God, um, I know you love me, and I know you love everyone, but if you love everyone, why, why won't you save my parents?
0: Mm-hmm. That's quite a miracle. They offered yeah. to come. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And what, what was the first thing they said to you after you were done preaching?
1: Let's go eat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> they did. They did. They uh, tofu? No we, no, we didn't go to... <laughs> no, I didn't get a restaurant name wrong again. <laughs> uh, yeah, we went to go eat together. And... What did they say? They, oh, actually, no, we didn't go eat, to eat together. I think I had a meeting afterward. So they had to, I, and they were heading up back to, up to NorCal anyway.
0: Okay, well, yeah. when you guys finally talked, what did they say?
1: They said, they, they didn't say much. They said, good job. Good job. Good job. Uh, were you happy? They seemed happy. No, were you happy? Oh,
0: yeah. Overjoyed?
1: Yeah. Did you open a beer? and <laughs> Right after the service? I mean, you gotta wait till the sun goes down. Uh, I don't think I actually liked alcohol at that time. So good,
0: as you should not,
1: (laughs) right? Uh, Right? Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're not winking at me at all. (laughs) Um, Okay. Can can being a pastor I mean I think that's first of all that's really brave that you're going on this path I, I would never do it in a million years I, I would have to be out of my mind I wouldn't even do it if someone pointed a gun at me uh-huh. um, but it's really it's really incredible it's really admirable it's very brave and I, I actually have a lot of friends who are pastors uh, mm. guys who are like you know, just only a few years older than me mm. and um, and whenever we bump into each other it's it's like it's like high school it's like we can still talk casually and you know crack jokes and stuff but yeah. um, can there be disadvantages of being a pastor socially professionally mm-hmm.
1: socially definitely i would um, say socially yeah socially and professionally people the moment you mention that you're a pastor people will look at you differently there have been a couple moments where when people kind of find out what my faith is they kind of keep their distance especially yeah. when you're God alone will yeah. Push, you know, yeah christians and non-christians alike they they treat you different they they're sure. they're not as open their their guard goes up
0: yeah i've never yeah. called you pastor uh,
1: yeah yeah i mean again no no one at my church does They it's just it's it's really kind of relaxed kind of okay. deal
0: so they kind of withdraw um mm-hmm. I mean, does that sting? Or are you used to it? What's going on?
1: I'm kind of used to it. I I, I want to be I want to be understanding of it. I mean, as a person, it, you know, it it feels, it doesn't feel great. It does feel shitty. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: If someone had their face go upside down in front mm-hmm. of me, in front of me after I tell them something, yeah, I'd be like, oh.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just lost a
0: potential friend. <laughs> but maybe it's because... Maybe I don't think it's you. Mm-hmm. It's probably their fear of you judging them.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, could that be the number one presumption?
1: I think so. Usually, yeah. it's, it, usually it's from that. they So in, I, Christians and non-Christians alike, I think they kind of put up this wall and put on their best face.
0: I do, yeah. yeah. I mean, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I do... <laughs> Was that, was that like a little slip there? Uh, I'm going to cut that out. So, um, <laughs> that, that was not a confession. Uh, Instagram does that for us. you know? we, Yeah. We put on a false image because, mm-hmm.
0: you know, we want to be liked. And yeah. All that, and all that crap. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, okay. So you're used to it, but you still wanna understand. Um, and I mean, it does sting because mm-hmm. you might like a person because you're talking about Lakers or... Uh-huh. Or you know, um, my wonderful parents, or uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. So that's a big drawback. Part I would the, I would it's say part so- of the job, right?
1: Socially, yeah, it's just it's just part of it. Um, people are afraid to be vulnerable with you. And.
0: But why? 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 It's. Ah, man, you could be wearing a leather jacket. Uh-huh. He could be having earrings, yeah. But the moment you say pastor, yeah, they're like, oh.
1: So there was even a there was even a moment where there was a newcomer that came to our church for the first time, and he, we we shook hands. He said, "Hey man, you seem really cool. Can I talk with you?" We sat down. I assumed he knew, you know, what my position was. It's not like we kind of announce it week to week, but. He, we had this really in-depth talk. He he was really vulnerable and open. And then the next week he found out that I was a pastor because I was preaching the following week. And then he came up to me and he apologized huh? and was saying, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe I, I said all those things. I'm sorry. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, that's how it's supposed to be like this, you know? And... I, I guess there's just something about it where people pe- I think people feel like they can't Show everything about themselves They need to be clean They need to make themselves clean before they come to me or to God Which is You know totally the opposite of what we what we preach, mm. you know, it, it we, we can't make ourselves clean and, and you're invited to come uh, as you are pure pressure you know yeah. yeah it's just people immediately associate that okay yeah
0: now let's say they do let's say a person does um, continue talking and socializing after they know they're a pastor mm-hmm. how do you know if this person is just uh, being polite or is this person a true friend Hmm. Is that an ongoing practice?
1: I can. You can sense it. Oh,
0: well, that um, you can sense. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> I've gotten better. Okay. You know,
1: I've been doing it for six years, and so I eventually I start to pick up on who's real conversations that start to feel like like. You know,
0: not like a forced conversation because if the person happens to be sitting next to you, they feel like they have to talk mm-hmm. and be nice. Yeah, yeah. But you can sniff out the good ones.
1: I can. The questions usually follow a similar pattern or tone of voice. Uh, I can generally tell scratching like, the neck. Uh, it's just kind of scratching the balls. I know. Oh gosh! It's more. It's more like. Um, they they say very compliment. They say really nice things to me, uh, you know, like oh man, that's so awesome. I love that you're your doing hair. I, yeah, like oh you you know that was a great sermon. You're so brave for doing this. Uh, and then I I try to ask them about things about them, and yeah. they nothing. nothing. Uh, yeah, it's just or, or I'm they'll, fine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah. fine. And they deflect to something like a safe conversation, like. The Lakers.
0: We should, (laughs) we should really coach people not to say "fine" because when someone says "I'm fine," you're not fine. (laughs) I can guarantee you that, people. So stop saying that. (laughs) Um, Can the job be lonely?
1: I think, I think it can be. Where I am right now, uh, I'm not. I have, I'm in a special position. This is the church that I. this is the church that we planted and I've always been here and so and everyone is similar to my age and so a lot of and like I said people don't really see me as pastor yeah yeah so
0: they just call you Mr. Kim no they
1: just they just just call me Daniel Um, Daniel son yeah break this wood. but uh, why why do you
0: like SPMC
1: one of the things that My uh, my boss Tim said to me when he was telling me to come to the plant was the first couple years of your pastoral ministry are critical to how you will minister other people down the line, and I want to make sure that you have a place that you can grow and thrive in. Are you? SBMC has been a nest for me. That's the best way I could put it. I've, I was safe and able to grow and make mistakes without the pressure of, uh, you know, immediately seeing myself let go or yeah, Tim never put that pressure on me. He, he just saw what mistakes I made and said here, how can, how can I, how can I help you get better? hmm and I think the church has the church has treated me in a similar way, where whatever mistakes I make, they say no, that's cool. Um, you know, we're not going to deduct your pay or anything. We're not going to drive you out. We're not going to split the church. Yeah, they've they've just they've always treated me like another one of the members. Yeah, and so that's you, been really
0: cool. You like the forgiveness of SBC?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah it's the well it's not just the forgiveness it's the it's it's the attitude i'm not I'm not an employee here i'm a member of the church okay but i do know that anywhere else i go even if i were to leave and come back to spmc i would forever at that point be an employee there's no going back okay yeah this is this is uh, an environment that can only happen when you grow up at you grow up at the at the church itself
0: okay yeah what would you say to a non churchgoer like uh, if they say because let's say i mean they might be defensive when you say like hey you want to come check out my church hmm. and for example what, what if someone says what is the purpose of church they could talk to god anytime they want uh-huh right yeah so how do you answer that what's the point
1: um My mind immediately wants to just go to the Bible, uh, but I know that that's usually not what, you know. If if somebody if somebody says, "Well, why can't I just talk to God?" and you go, "Well, <laughs> Romans, blah blah blah," like nothing. Well, okay, good job. Now they're really going to want to come, you know. So, <laughs> uh, I I would do everything I can to force that reaction down, and then um, also kind of say, "We have
0: coffee." Uh, <laughs>
1: Also, kind of say the times that I've grown the most are when I see people running with me, people walking that life with me. The times that I've been encouraged the most, the times that I've actually been able to witness things where I can experience God more deeply mm-hmm. are through the relationships that I've built and people ministering to me also.
0: Yeah, keeps you humble um, there.
1: Yeah. And so I, I would say it's it's really difficult to do it alone. Yeah. Faith is not an easy thing to do alone, and we need it each other.
0: It's relational growth. Yeah. Yeah. Can you sniff out different characters that attend church? Like maybe growing up. Okay. Well, when I was growing up at church, I didn't really care. Mm. I was just kind of like I just wanted to fit in. Mm. I just wanted to make friends and be liked. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you must see some of that here.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 There's, uh, uh, you the know. an
0: Instagram uh, image. Y-
1: yeah. <laughs> People who want to come here and uh, we, there are num- yeah. <laughs> look at me. Yeah. yeah. Look how I'm dressed. Yeah.
0: Look at these heels, Daniel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Touch it, them.
1: It's It's less about physical appearance and it's more like, look at my good works. Look at my good knowledge of theology. Look oh. at how kind I am. Uh, it could also be, um, oh, the
0: game is changing.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, well, it's, it's kind of that, that's more of like, that's the church game, right? There are different ways I, to I appear. I don't know. There are different ways this to appear. This is to me. Uh huh. Yeah. I love it. What's yeah. Nice? So within that context, there's, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. It's, it's more of like, Interesting. I am, I am a church goer and the, this is, this is me looking good.
0: What do you do? Do you intervene?
1: No. No, people can enter the church for any number of reasons they want. Um, that's that's hard. Um, huh? There, there's it's hard when you're seeing all this. My hope is whatever their motivation to come in, whatever gets them in through the door, and whatever it takes for us to finally be able to speak the truth into their lives, mm-hmm. I'm I'm down with anything. You know. Um, Do numbers matter? To you. When we first started SBMC, we started with about twenty people, okay. and that whole the whole the the first two years, every single leaders meeting we had was. Okay, if we go if we keep going this way, we're gonna close in uh, three months. <laughs> it was just every single meeting, and there was a number of times where we thought we were gonna close down, Damn. but. There were crazy things happening where these people that we had seen go to church all their lives and then eventually leave the church um, because they never took their faith seriously. So when they finally got the choice to leave, they were like, yeah, I'll take it. Bye, yeah, now I get my Sundays. I get a two-day weekend now. And so, <laughs> Not you. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, um, But then these people were coming to the church, and they were finding God. The newcomers. Yeah, the newcomers. Okay. The the people that had left and come back. Okay. And there was a point where we just thought, Okay, we think we might close, but God's doing something here. People are people are have been searching for God their entire lives. These people have been never been able to find him. And for some reason or another, God touched them here.
0: They're here. Yeah. And how many do you have now?
1: Uh, we're at around we twelve million around, people. No, we average we average around one hundred, hundred ten.
0: Okay. Yeah. What numbers? What number would you like it to be?
1: Whatever number it needs to be. To be honest, uh, there, there's no. Uh, yeah, for me, numbers really don't matter because I okay. think there are there are there are pros and cons to a small church and a big church.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I can't focus in a big church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just can't. Yeah. Um I get the appeal. Mm-hmm. Um I just can't do it. Yeah. That's that's me personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I also YouTube stream other sermons from other people. Mm-hmm. But I I don't go to their church because it's either too big or too far away. Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but Rick Warren I'm a big fan of. Mm. I mean he he is so just solid, very clean and articulate with his messages. Oh, yeah. And he comes up with all these phrases that are very easily to remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And like appeasing is not pleasing and mm. um, all that stuff. And if your spouse is a selfish person, run, <laughs> um, things like that.
1: <laughs> that, one, that one doesn't really roll off the tongue as well as As, him. <laughs> as he a, said p- it. Pleasing is not or appeasing is not pleasing. Okay. Those are two different <laughs> topics. <laughs> okay. Not just about marriage.
0: Uh-huh. Um, Okay, so, yeah, numbers are a tricky thing. I Mm. I mean, you know, it sucks to see people go, but it's nice to have increase and all that stuff. Mm. So you've been here for six years. I mean, where do you see this place in the next six years?
1: My big worry is that if the church continues to grow in number, but none of our members are growing in maturity, Mm. Then I'm not doing my job. I'm just drawing a crowd, and that doesn't ultimately that doesn't mean
0: anything. It's got to be inside out.
1: Yeah. So how do you
0: evaluate that anyway?
1: Man, uh, do you
0: pass out tests? <laughs> how, how do you? No, seriously, how do you guys know? I,
1: I like think an anonymous
0: it's, evaluation sheet or something to your members, like once. No,
1: it's just more. I mean, you're you're constantly meeting with your members here and there. Uh, you're hanging out with them or you're Counseling them through different issues Sure, and the way that they deal with them. You can see How much the world is either influencing them mm-hmm. or how much they truly believe that This is the way they're meant to live their life that they want to live a godly life okay. yeah.
0: Take me through your uh, your routine as far as like preparing a sermon mm-hmm. like what are you reading? What, what's your what's your workflow? What's your process?
1: Uh, Yeah, so SBMC actually has a SBMC actually has a really unorthodox approach to preparing sermons. We I don't know all three of us work on a sermon together. So most of the time it's just one pastor. Oh, he works on his own message. Um, But at SBMC, they Tim wanted to train us. So the a week before the message, we make an outline. Okay. And the, but all three of us separately, and then we come meet on Thursday, bringing all three different outlines, and say, how did you approach it? What commentaries or scholars did you read, and why are you why are you thinking that this is the right way? Uh, we go over it. We kind of discuss. Okay, like anything from uh, anything from background studies to statistics to all you know all these different things. So uh, We're reading a lot. Yeah, yeah. We want to make sure that what we're what we're preaching isn't just doesn't just sound. We didn't just believe it because it sounds logical or right, but that there's actually hard evidence to support this interpretation. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so once we go through that process, uh, Tim gives us about a week to prepare that message. We come back on the following Thursday, and we rehearse that sermon before we preach it on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, and then and then so on Thursday two things happen We first make the outline for the following week's sermon and then we rehearse the sermon for that Sunday sermon
0: and This is every week every week. Yeah Gosh, so how far in advance can you plan your own sermon then if it's if you're doing this every week
1: just a week ahead of time
0: That sounds anxious
1: Yeah, it is a little but but realistically that's what sermon that's what pa- pastors are doing this all over they, okay. they they preach week to week. They they only get a week to prepare their sermon, and nobody's usually nobody gets to look at it.
0: What if you have to go on a camping trip? What do you what do you do, man? Just want to get away. No offense, uh-huh. but just you know, you want to have a weekend.
1: Well, those are things that the church needs to be understanding of for uh-huh. the pastor, and the church can only decide whether or not they want to give us that vacation time.
0: Oh. Yeah. and
1: that's why I, again I say SBMC has treated me very well. Okay. Um, uh they're, they've they've always been pushing for you know we we want to be able to pay Daniel more so that he can provide for a family and other yes, people. Pay him more. Uh, we want to be able to give Tim sabbaticals and vacation days so that he can rest and spend time with his family and yeah. take care of his family. You know, because yeah. uh, that's an important duty as a he's not just a pastor he's a he's a father. You
0: know. I heard. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, so
0: you like the grind?
1: Uh, oh boy. To be honest, I only preach once a month, and every time that week rolls around, <laughs> I, I'm I'm preaching this week, and I, I'm just exhausted. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you hide that because you have to.
1: Um. Not exactly. I I don't need to. I don't need to hide my exhaustion.
0: You should just show up wearing a oh. white tank top, and. <laughs> Don't brush your hair. Uh, They'll relate. They'll be like, oh, I like this guy. He's like really raw and Uh honest.
1: The thing is, Tim and I want to look as, Tim, Esther, and I want to look as like stock image and as boring as possible to not do anything to take away from the message.
0: Yeah. Might as well turn the lights off.
1: (laughs) I mean... Well, we do audio recordings, so.
0: <laughs> well, I mean that's great. You found found this to be a living, and you get to do what you love. Mm. Speaking of love, you fell in love recently. Yeah. In your own church.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, she wasn't she wasn't a member of our church before she started coming, but yeah.
0: But you changed her.
1: Uh, <laughs> but what? Do you, well, no, she 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 started coming out, and then for you. The, no, for uh, I think it was her uh, friend started bringing her out. How did you meet? Through that friend? Through oh boy. This is a, you you, you want to get into this? You.
0: Well, give me the short version.
1: Okay, I'm going to try. Uh
0: I'll ask I'll ask the timeline question. You just give me a short answer. How about that? Okay. So you met through that friend?
1: No, 3 years ago we met through my ex. Oh jeez, you're going to have to tell me
0: the long version. <laughs>
1: Three years ago, we met through my ex-girlfriend. When does this movie come out? <laughs> uh, we went to a uh, this place in the OC called. Um, it, was a, it was a place that sells ribs, and we were eating those ribs. My ex and I were going through a, a difficult, a, a rough patch in our relationship. Um, oh my gosh! And uh, so there, yeah. So basically, at that dinner. Or sorry, that, at that lunch, I completely ignored Esther. I I, I didn't talk to her at all. Esther. I think there were a couple. I think there were a couple moments where she even Esther's your girlfriend, right? Yes, yes. Esther, my girlfriend. Sorry. So there were a couple of moments where she tried to make conversation with me, uh-huh. and I kind of just brushed it off as, uh-huh. yeah, uh huh, yeah, okay. And, and then I would go back to talking to her other guy friend. Um, so she thought I was a a jerk, a, a total jerk. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: so how did you and Esther start dating? So yeah,
1: so that was a, little, uh, so we started dating, uh, so two years after that happened. Yes. I never saw her. Uh, I never saw Esther, for two years uh-huh. until she started coming out to our church because of a mutual friend. Oh no no no, her friend started coming out to the church.
0: Just out of the blue.
1: Out of the blue, yeah. Did and you remember? She says I didn't. I think there were a couple of times where we ran she's into each other right, and I didn't remember her. She's probably but telling Yeah, she's, Yeah, she's probably right. She's probably <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, you didn't remember me then. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: And then what? You took her out to Tofu? I mean, what happened? Oh, my gosh.
1: So the, this scene that we just read at the beginning of this podcast, <laughs> that was our first date. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> I took her to Blade Runner 2049 on our first date.
0: Why would you take a? I, no, let me exp-
1: Okay, so let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain.
0: 160 let minutes. Let me. Sci-fi
1: me movie. I had no idea that it was going to be that long. Uh, but no, you did. I, I. didn't. I didn't. Okay, the so. Longer it is, the
0: higher chance of holding her hand.
1: <laughs> so here's what happened. Uh, uh, she had just gotten gallbladder surgery, so we had to go to eat at a healthy place. And allowed to say all this. We, uh, yeah, she's she's okay with it. Yeah.
0: Okay, sounds rehearsed,
1: but go uh-huh. ahead. <laughs> Um, this is what I want to talk about at the podcast. <laughs> it's, because, it's because a lot of people have asked about how we first met or what our first date was like. Oh, this would be great. You don't have to yeah. repeat that story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we went to Veggie Grill and. I hate that place. As, <laughs> it's not that good. It, yeah, it's not that good. It's the first time I ever went. We took back.
0: her to a uh, t- uh, two and a half hour movie.
1: Yeah. So that day, as we were eating, my friend. One of my closest friends texts me, and he says, "Daniel, have you seen this movie? It's the dude who directed Sicario and Arrival. It's
0: great great for dates. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I mean, I love films. Why
0: were you checking your phone on your date?
1: I just, uh, he, it was, it was one text message. Daniel's son. I think she went to the bathroom. No, okay, yeah, yeah. that's fine. But but don't pull out your phone even today. So. Oh, my gosh. What was I talking about? And Um, you
0: pitched the idea to her and she said yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. I thought, wow, this is really cool. I'll be able to kind of show a bit about myself and my passion for, For, you know, watching these films. and For Gosling? Yeah. 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 I I have a passion for Gosling, too. Yeah.
0: (sighs) Did she like it or what?
1: It was awful. It was awful. I I mean, she, you know, no, no, no. Like, I, I liked the movie. But But for a first date. Yeah, Daniel. and, And we're like both, she was a pastor at her church. And like, so we got two pastors walking into this. After like the third nude scene, I was like, I'm so sorry. This, this is, is awesome. I did not, you know, this is not who I am. I'm not this, like, I'm, I'm I am I, I, I promise I'm not a pervert. Like, please don't, like, think I'm that this sure is how, and yeah. So she was just like, she's just like sunken in her chair. She's just like, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. And then, <laughs> it's <a> fine. <laughs> and there was, there was even a, like, after the fourth nude scene, she was like, oh my goodness. She like covered my eyes and like, all this stuff. She covered your eyes. She covered my eyes, yeah. Wow. So it was. Oh my gosh, it was a disaster on all levels. She's like your mom. We didn't talk. Uh, um, we didn't, you know, we didn't really talk afterward.
0: You know what? I'm gonna give you a poster of <laughs> I mean,
1: Yeah, that's a meaningful thing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's a very, you know, our. We I were have thinking, one framed in my room. Yeah, yeah. We were thinking our emoji for our relationship was a, a knife, and and a, a running man that's, and it's that's, just like that's great yeah yeah that's that's the first thing we um, ever saw
0: well how long did you wait between her first visit here and until the first date was it like a straight up date or did you become friends first
1: it was yeah. it was just it was a straight up date oh good yeah I there were like there were two times where I took her out to lunch uh, and before, I started I started texting her before okay before yeah. Blade Runner yeah yeah okay. yeah because I, I wanted to, you know, get a feel for... Get a feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just kind of like talk casually and...
0: Not talk about nudity. And, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Another thing is, I think there's this kind of strange standard within Christian dating. I don't know when it started, but...
0: It, start, it started when you started. It's,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if you need to know whether or not you should marry this person before you guys get into the relationship. And if you're, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I do, I do to some degree. I see where the sentiment is coming from. Half I don't the, think you should. Yeah, I don't think you should like cycle women like, like used cars or something. You know what I mean? Like test drive them uh, and stuff. I, I call them hosts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't like that idea. We're, we're parasites, and they're I, the hosts. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, uh, I. Don't think you know you should have. It's almost like you should know and plan your future together before you guys even know each other. That's what the dating should be. And so I, I tried to just approach it as I want to get to know you. Yes. I think it's you know let's be friends. Thank let's. You. Yeah. yeah. And and then eventually I, I don't know I, about being friends, but uh-huh.
0: be friendly. I mean.
1: Yeah. Hang out mm-hmm. in yeah. a group
0: setting. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And then eventually I just thought, okay, she seems cool. Let's. Let's she's, do it. She's wealthy. Uh,
0: <laughs> um, what else? She has good genes uh, Yeah. She has no felonies, right? No, 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 no. Okay. I'll, she's I'll she's a goody two she is. I'll do a federal background. <laughs> um, okay, that was a year ago. Yeah. Did you fall in love quickly?
1: I took it slow because I thought I I don't want to
0: You are a pastor. Yeah. And she's coming here.
1: Uh-huh. Well, she didn't come to date. She came to the church to come to the church. I know.
0: Uh huh. But she's still here. Yeah. And God forbid if it didn't work out, uh uh-huh. One of you one of you would have to leave the church. And
1: mm, 'cause
0: I've seen that happen so many times. I
1: have also. Yeah. But I would hate that. I think there are, I don't know, I I think there are healthy ways to hopefully reconcile end it well and reconcile that relationship to
0: bygones. Mhm.
1: Yeah. I think that's what part of, you know, being a church family is. Yeah.
0: So you took a risk there. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz it will it would be cuz if you want to date someone at church, you have you do have to be pretty picky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I I would say I'm I'm I've just I've always just kind of been picky in general. Yeah, I could tell. Uh-huh.
0: What about her? Did she fall in love first or something?
1: Her side of the story is she she thought I was intentionally. So when I first started texting her, she thought I was one of three things. I was either a three. I was either a player. Yeah, you are. I was a a nice guy who didn't know boundaries. There's a lot of those in church.
0: And, and the third is a fireman.
1: And the third is finally um, that I'm actually interested in her. But that was the order that they came in. I was either a player. Or, or a nice guy with no boundaries or I was interested a pastor
0: who is is also a player that's a great movie <laughs> I should make that movie yeah well it all worked out
1: yeah it worked out and you're yeah. in love and we're in love um, you would die um, for her yeah I mean that's that's the that's the idea of
0: of love right say it again without a high pitch voice <laughs> would you I die would, for her
1: I would yes I would I would die for her okay he's turning red I, all right <laughs> Would she die for you? You're making me say this in front to whoever's going to listen to this. Dude, thing. no one's listening. We're just
0: in this glass box. Uh huh. Um, you guys the same blood type? That helps. Uh, I don't actually. I don't know what her blood type you is. You don't know. I don't know. You don't know your future uh, lover. I mean, your future partner's blood type. I
1: never thought. I never bought into that. When a paramedic Korean comes thing. up to you and say, "What's your girl's okay, blood I type?" Guess, I guess that is important.
0: Yeah, you want to give your heart, don't you? Well,
1: it's easy for me because I could just give it to her. I- I'm an O. O oh, what? O. Oh, you don't even know. That's a good pe- question. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. You don't know your bl- own blood type. <laughs> I mean, I know that I'm O. O, oh, but yeah. Uh-huh.
0: naked. <laughs> uh, hopefully, she's an AB positive. Mm-hmm. She could live forever. Yeah. Okay. How did you know that you could be with her for the rest of your life? That's different from like being in love, but like, how do you, what was it?
1: There was a certain character trait that I saw really, really clearly in her. Mm-hmm. She was sacrificial, selfless, selfless. Yeah. She yeah. was willing to, you know, do things at the, help others, um, serve others, uh, love on other people at the expense of her own self. Okay. Um I, I you know, I mean to to a degree I would say you know, I would I would hope that, you know, you don't you don't like let yourself wither. <laughs> but there that was a character trait where I saw she has a very caring and loving heart and is willing to go out of her way to to help. Yeah. And I thought Acts That's of service. Yeah. That's something that that's someone that I want to be with.
0: Well, don't uh, use it to your advantage, Daniel. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys mature about resolving arguments and fights.
1: So that's interesting because she's a counselor, I'm a pastor.
0: So two positives going against each other. And
1: so we're we're both. I think we're both pretty Explosive. good at communicating uh-huh. and okay. saying what we feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And doing what you feel.
1: Yes. Right. Why are you giving what, what, me those what, eyes? What, is that, not, what does that mean? I'm not saying anything. Right
0: <laughs> well, look, we got to wrap it up. Okay. I want to thank you for your time. Yeah. I wish you well. It was good to meet you. Good to know you a little bit. Yeah. I'm glad you have a sense of humor. Glad you're not a fake. <laughs> uh, but one last question just for fun. You're in heaven standing in the express line to ask God any question. What's your question?
1: Mine's actually kind of heavy. Go ahead. Uh, if if I if I'm not going to see my parents up there with me, I would have to ask God if if you love my parents, how, why didn't you save them? That is heavy. Yeah. I was
0: just gonna ask them: Is there life on other planets? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry to. <laughs> and can you take me to them <laughs> so I could just look at, just observe? You know, like yeah. what, kind, what kind of intelligent. Uh, organisms are you know dominating Mm -hmm. yeah or or there's probably another planet with other humans Uh uh-huh that'd be cool that'd be cool that (laughs) would be cool (laughs) take me there yeah yeah but you want to ask about their entry i guess
1: Mm -hmm. that's that's uh yeah that's been a question that i still struggle with today
0: look i mean you got your parents going to church i think that's a great first step. Mm -hmm. not a lot of people can convince their parents to do that yeah yeah so I, I do wish them well. I hope they keep going. I mm. hope they listen, <laughs> especially to you, mm. but more importantly to God. And uh, just so that they know that it's not they're not always going to be righteous. Mm-hmm. Because parents, as they get older, as we know, they get more and more stubborn, mm. more righteous. And um, they just want to be right, mm-hmm. even if, when they're wrong. Mm. But when you fight, everyone's right. Uh-huh. And then everything just explodes. Yeah. But that, well, what are you going to do? Uh-huh. All right, Daniel, thanks for talking on this podcast. Yeah. Thanks right. for having me. No problem. I'll see you at home.